Welcome back to episode 45 of the FPL Draft Club podcast. In this episode, we're looking ahead to game week five. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast, the podcast dedicated to the official FPL Draft game. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another roundup of waiver options, hidden gems, ones to dump and some sell high buy low targets ahead of game week five. Game week four saw all the new players together for the first time and the debate in our league over who is the best pick out of Ronaldo and Lukaku took an early draw as the pair both scored twice and put up 13 FPL points. Obviously, I am aware Big Rom has had a few weeks head start. Elsewhere, Eduard had a dream debut against Spurs and I'll be discussing him shortly, as well as Markel for Wolves, probably the only Wolves defender I didn't mention last week, uh, and Trossard, one of my three pre-season hidden gems, who finally came through with a goal to join Delhi and Saar in the goal-scoring ranks. Spurs got deservedly battered by Palace in the early kickoff, which put me in a lovely mood for the rest of the weekend. I can't remember the last time Spurs have played Palace and I've actually would have swapped their midfield for hours. Such was the mediocrity of the sideways pass collective. Elsewhere, results largely uh, followed the script. There were plenty of clean sheets with Palace, Arsenal, Brighton, City, Southampton, West Ham, Wolves, Chelsea and Liverpool all keeping a cleanie. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Odson Eduard, Aaron Ramsdale, Andros Townsend and many more. So let's get into it. So let's start with Odson Eduard, whose ownership in eight team leagues is just uh, around 5%, which rises rapidly as you get into larger leagues. Um, You know, debuts don't get much better than that late cameo he got coming on for the last sort of uh, 10 minutes or so. Palace were already in full control against Spurs by the time he came on. And he then scored the fastest ever Premier League goal by a substitute scoring after just 28 seconds. He then capped off the performance with an injury time goal to do his confidence the world of good coming into the new league. He only touched the ball five times during that 10 minute cameo. So to extrapolate the data too much at this stage could lead to slightly skewed results. But for me, he's easily in the top 24 strikers in FPL right now. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be taken in eight team leagues where his ownership is currently, as I said, less than 5%. He's a better forward to own than the likes of Puki, Iheanacho, Rodrigo uh, and teammate Benteke, just as a few examples. And they've all got higher ownership than him currently. Either way, he'll be hot property in this week's waiver window, so get him if you can. Next is uh, Marcel for Wolves. He's owned in just 2% of 18 leagues and he's not even owned in in half of 16 team draft leagues. He's taken in 49% there. Many will um, be drawn to him this week if he's free, given you know the two assists he got last game, but he was quite fortunate to pick those up. And as I said last week when I mentioned Roman Seiss, um, he's still the uh, the defender I'd be backing there for Wolves, has better attacking numbers in terms of expected fantasy points. Um, but either way, it's, it's not a bad time to get on any of those Wolves players with the fixture run that they've got coming up. Next is Conor Gallagher for Palace, who's been one of the standout performers so far, um, whose ownership has soared in the past couple of weeks. He's quickly become the guy making things tick in that Palace attack and looks to be another solid product of the Chelsea Academy to emerge into the mainstream. If he's free in a 12-team league or larger, he's probably a must-have at the moment, but for more average-sized leagues, the fixture run coming up probably means he can be avoided for the time being. 
Next is an interesting one and probably one I should have um, started the list off because it's not very often we get to discuss a goalkeeper once the season's up and running. But here we can talk about Aaron Ramsdale for Arsenal. Um, It appears there's a new keeper in town at the Emirates and many Arsenal fans predicted we might see Ramsdale sooner rather than later. And after Leno conceded nine goals in the opening three games, not the easiest games to be fair, he has been dropped. It seems harsh to me as Leno has often seen one of the better performers for Arsenal over the past couple of seasons. But once Ramsdale came in for that sort of money, it did seem like something was up. Doesn't get much easier than being thrown in at home to Norwich and first clean sheet on the board. If you're a Leno owner, it's probably not too early to do the direct swap if Ramsdale is available, but others might just look to bring him in as a replacement for their backup keeper anyway. Taken in just 1% of eight team draft leagues at the moment and plenty of availability uh, as the leagues get bigger. Next, just to discuss the Newcastle defence in general. Now, the larger leagues will possibly be drawn towards bringing in a Newcastle defender for their upcoming games against Leeds, Watford and Wolves. My advice here would be to avoid, on average, they're conceding three goals per game and on current form look, you know, unable to keep out any team really. The only player you can make a case for, in my opinion, is Matt Ritchie for his attacking threat, both in open play and from set pieces. I won't hear anything about Mankio, who averages a goal every decade. But as I said, I would generally avoid their defenders. Final talking point for the main section um, it's probably worth exploring the vacancy that needs filling in the West Ham attack for the next game following Antonio's late red card against Southampton. Now, obviously, this will probably only be a one-week punt and they do play Man United next. So it could be an opening you're very happy to ignore. But for those in larger leagues, it could give you an outside chance of a return. There is no out-and-out backup striker, so it will be between new signing Vlasic or veteran Yarmolenko to come in if he's going to keep the same system. We saw Vlasic come off the bench before Yarmolenko in the last game, so he may be fancied with uh, Bowen able to go up as, as a false nine. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if West Ham don't line up with the back three and add Zuma in with Dawson and Ogbonna, which would then allow Bowen and Ben Rama to form a pacey counter-attacking pairing up top. Getting slightly ahead of myself on that theory, that could provide uh, a nice, easy springboard to propel Zuma into the first team and partner Ogbonna longer term. On to the hidden gems then, and so these are all players with uh, less than 10% ownership in 18 draft leagues. I'm going to start off with Cooper for Leeds, who is taking in less than 1% of leagues currently. Now, Leeds have not had the best start to the season, and we've mainly seen the worst of Bielsa Ball so far, with gaping holes in the middle of the pitch. And, you know, that attacking unit hasn't really clicked like we saw it did at times last year. There will likely be a few Leeds defenders kicking around your waiver pile, and with Strauch's suspension, they're going to have to bring in another new face to cover the absence of him, as well as Lorente and Cock at the back. Ailing will obviously play. I think Cooper, who I'm highlighting here, will play. Um, so will Firpo. Beyond that, they could end up just shuffling some midfielders around as they, they don't set up with a conventional back four anyway. These have a cracking run of fixtures coming up, and now could be a great time to bring any of their regulars in. Next is Kilman for Wolves, who's taken in, in around 1% of leagues. Decent availability is one of the lesser-known names for Wolves. As I said, if you've got the choice of all of them, uh, you know the likes of Sice and Semedo are the ones that you're going to opt for, but if you're just looking to maybe cover an opponent in a head-to-head matchup, then Kilman's a decent uh, 
decent one to bring in. Next, another one of the new signings, Tommy Asu for Arsenal, who hasn't really um, propelled himself into many draft teams yet, even up to uh, 16-team leagues. He's not even taken in a third of leagues there. Straight in at right back. Don't see why he won't be there for every game now. Some decent fixtures coming up, including the next game. Seems a safer bet as, as the likes of Ben White and Tierney at the back. And if you want Arsenal defensive coverage and the others are taken, definitely a worthwhile option. So the next guy I'm going to talk about is Andros Townsend, who is taken in just 2% of eight team leagues currently. Man of the match performance for Townsend on Monday Night Football and really took that game by the scruff of the neck in what started off as a really scruffy affair. Seeing Everton set up with a back three against Burnley did not fill me with optimism that we were going to see a good game, but thankfully some individual quality shone through in the end. Uh, and after Burnley took the lead in what turned out to be a very unburnley like performance, they just completely collapsed. So looking at the touch map for Townsend last night, there was definitely some more colour centrally compared with the previous games where he's been largely camped out wide as a traditional winger. I still think that's where he stays in a traditional system and his crossing skills are what would have attracted Everton to him in the first place. But in a system with uh, Coleman providing more width as well, Townsend can drift more centrally and continue to get goal involvements like he did yesterday. With DCL out for the next couple of games uh, and the fixtures being Aston Villa and Norwich, Townsend could easily turn one good game into a little run of games and it could be time to just take advantage of a nice little purple patch for him. The next two players have quite similar stats after the opening four games and both face off against each other this week and that's Mubuemo for Brentford and Trincao for Wolves. Uh, neither of them have registered goal involvement yet and both have relatively low ownership in average size leagues. Mubuemo gets around the pitch well and isn't afraid of a shot, however his shot accuracy is only around 10% at the moment. Trincao looks a really good player on the right side of the Wolves attack and I think it's only a matter of time now before he gets his first goal or assist. His shot accuracy is a lot better at around 60% so far so he's hitting the target and is busier in the final third than Mabuemo is. I think he's more of a, of a player to try in the large leagues. There are probably better options flying around your average eight-seam league but in a toss-up between these two for a fifth mid-spot I'd take Trincao. <laughs> So this next section is a new one called The Most Hidden Gem. And it comes off the back of a message sent to me by Andrew Whitefield on Twitter, uh, basically saying, you know, can I do a bit more on the bigger leagues? Because for those leagues where there are 16 teams, it can be very difficult to pick up any of the players that I talk about most of the time, which is a very fair point. So this section, which, as I said, is called The Most Hidden Gem, is going to be a new uh, recurring feature pick and it will be uh, one player I pull out with less than 10% ownership in 16 team draft leagues which means in a league where 240 players are taken at any one time the majority of leagues will have this player available on the waiver pile. Now just to put that in context 240 players is more than the number of players that will start in the Premier League on any given game week because that's 220 players and then you have the substitutes on top. So naturally we are scraping a barrel that has already been scraped a fair few times but in a 16 team league a handful of extra points can go a very long way. So my first most hidden gem is a guy taken in less than 2% 
of 16-team leagues and has already found himself on the score sheet having only played twice already, albeit at the wrong end. And that's Watford defender Francisco Sierralta, the Chilean centre-back who's been at Watford since last season. Now, naturally, he won't be appearing high up on many transaction lists this week after his minus one score in game week four, but he should continue to start for Watford. And they do play Norwich away next game, which isn't the most difficult fixture they'll have this season. And following that, they also have Newcastle at home, which really could end up being the easiest fixture uh, a team faces over the course of the season. So if he bounces back, puts in a couple of tidy performances and Watford keep a clean sheet, he could net you somewhere between six to eight points uh, over the next two games, which can be all the difference between a couple of head-to-head wins or losses. So he's my pick for this week. Just a few on the get rid list and they're all pretty self-explanatory. Strout has obviously got a three-game suspension, which was confirmed on Wednesday. So he's someone to move out. Uh, Pascal Gross, it's unclear at the moment what's going on with him and his COVID self-isolation. So only worth hanging on to in if you're in one of the larger leagues. And in a similar vein to Strout, Tanganga is suspended for the next game, though. Many will have been looking to drop him or bench him against Chelsea anyway, so do what you need to do there. On to some trade valuations, and my sell-high pick for this week is Damari Gray. Don't see anything wrong with picking him up if he happens to be free on your waiver list, but if you've been fortunate to have him since the start, now could be the time to see if you've got any takers for him around the league. He's had eight shots so far and scored three with an XG tally of just 078 The short of it is that's very unlikely to be sustainable, especially when we can factor in a good amount of previous Premier League experience, which has never seen him reach this level of output before. Of course, he's growing as a player, looks to have confidence from the management team and has the confidence that three goals in three starts brings. But, you know, I don't doubt he will go from here to have his best season, but he might be able to get a more reliable, consistent performer for your team now. A couple of buy low picks. Uh, The first one is Bruno Fernandes. Many managers will be uh, panicking about Bruno's long-term output, having likely picked him up very high in the draft. We haven't seen it yet, but I'm fairly confident Ronaldo takes over penalty duty. And without criticising Bruno as a player, it's a fact that the penalties provided a large bulk of his FPL points last season. He scored 244 FPL points last year, and it would be reasonable now to suggest his ceiling is easily south of the 200 mark, providing Ronaldo stays fit. Many will be looking to see who they can bring in, and it could be a good time to probe Bruno owners with some tempting trade offers. A second buy low target is Marcus Rashford, and this is just a note to uh, any managers in which Rashford is sat in the waiver pile. We're probably halfway through the amount of time he's due to miss recovering from his shoulder operation, and now could be a nice moment to bring him in, bearing in mind you would need to sit on him for a few more weeks. Equally, if he's already taken, the the manager that's got him might have a bit of an injury crisis and you could use it as an opportunity to bring him in for a fairly good price. So that's it for this episode. Just a reminder that there is a Friday night game this week uh, as Newcastle play Leeds at 8 o'clock on Friday. So the waiver deadline is on Thursday evening. Uh, which is the first one we've had so far. So don't forget to put your waivers in. Well, put them in now as soon as you've listened to this podcast that you don't forget. Just put a few in of the players 
that you've been looking at or players that you need to move on. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure that you follow on whichever platform you get your podcast from uh, and follow me on Twitter at FPL Draft Up Pod, which is probably the easiest way to get hold of me. And I've had a good few messages this week from people reaching out for the first time to ask for advice on trades and different things. So um, always glad to hear from you. Likewise, if you haven't already, check out fbldrafthub.com where you can sign up completely free um, and it will analyse your draft team and league for you, uh, presenting lots of data in nice graphs and tables so you can uh, make the most of your of your waivers to target your problem areas. You can also access the global dashboard, which is where I get all of my ownership stats from. So you can see all of the moves being made from around the draft universe from week to week, seeing who are the players that managers are bringing in, who are the players that managers are getting rid of, and use that to maybe see uh, some waivers that you could do yourself. So best of luck ahead of game week five. Uh, I'll be back next week for the game week six preview. Uh, but as always, stay shook. Sure.